Let me just finish rubbing in this lotion so I'm not sitting there going like, <laughs> while well, we're actually like doing this. Like a fucking praying mantis <laughs> yeah. over there. I was going to be like contemptuously <laughs> lotioning your hands like an angry sitcom wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know I was, I mean? you know that guy on TikTok that does the randomizers on Disney characters and it's like, which of these can say the F word, the F slur? <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, I do know of this. He, he, did a, he did one the other night that reminded me of the, the praying mantis thing around me where he was just like him in bed and he was like y'all just get in bed and they're just like just like a fly rubbing your legs together <laughs> like all cozy like, <laughs> in bed, like doing the thing where you're like the the cover. <laughs> just like yeah just like the <laughs> as your hair is rubbed together attracting mates yeah. <laughs> is that your secret yep. that's how you do it i rub my hairy gams together and wait for men to wander in <laughs> like a cricket yep. basically <laughs> episode of why did we watch this the podcast where three friends sit down with a nice little cocktail watch a troubled movie and talk about what was bad what was good and how we could do it way better i am your host for this week lee i want to know about anybody who talked to anybody about anything at any time delahanty <laughs> and i am brendan do you have chems where are the chems 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 drishler jesus christ it's chris Ravel. <laughs> Is him. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> and if you cannot tell from those nicknames, we have just finished watching 2012's The Bourne Legacy, starring Jeremy Renner, Rachel Weiss, directed by Tony Gilroy. Tony Gilroy. And co-written and by Tony co-written. And, and, and his brother of, Dan Gilroy. Of all the... Right. He's got... His yeah. fingerprints have been all over this franchise. Yep. It's a Gilroy joint. Yep. Yep. That's what we watched. <laughs> Good segue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was a it was a powerful cocktail. It was a nice drink. Right. And, so let's talk about what that, that drink was. <laughs> yeah. We're all doing a great job of keeping track of things right now. <laughs> so the drink that we made for this movie is called the Sin Eater Martini, mm-hmm. and it is frozen raspberries, one ounce of lemon juice, 0.75 ounces of simple syrup, 0.75 ounces of vermouth, and one and a half ounce of butterfly pea infused gin. Obviously, for that, basically all you're going to want to do is get some gin in a bottle, throw some butterfly pea tea leaves into it, and just let it soak for a while. What did we do, Lee? Like five days or something? Uh... Yeah, if I, it only probably takes like a day. Yeah, because it looks, that. it yeah. looked, it went from obviously but clear gin color to very purple. We followed like it was tea, so we fo- I followed the instructions for tea. So yeah, it was like two hundred milliliters of water per like two tablespoons, right. two teaspoons of right. tea. And that's the ratio we went. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I cannot get over the the really beautiful purple color that came out of it. Yeah, so to make the drink then, what you do is you put some frozen raspberries in the glass. You're not going to use ice for this, which we initially talked about, but we figured the frozen raspberries would work for the ice. Mm. You take the lemon juice, the simple syrup, the vermouth, and I threw it all in a shaker with some ice to mix it all up. Then you pour that into a coupe glass, and then once that's all in there, you're going to use a spoon and pour the butterfly pea-infused gin over the back of the spoon to create a layer effect. So that way you've got the bottom layer, which is a little more palish sort of yellow, and the top layer, 
which is the heavier purple. And as the two start to sort of intermingle, you're going to get a color change effect mm. as it turns a little pink versus the deep purple that it initially was. So what do we all think of that Sinita Martini, fellas? It was pretty good. It was, it was it pretty was good. A little sweet. I'm yeah, gonna, I'm I was actually, I, I was surprised by how sweet it was. And obviously, like, I know there's simple in it. Yeah. I know that lemons are a little sweet. It was sweeter. Was than I thought sweet. it would be a little more dry than yeah. I thought it would be. But However, um, that said, it was still good. And quite potent. Yeah, there is a lot of alcohol in this. So if you, <laughs> uh, like me, just had some crackers for lunch, you're going to feel this drink pretty right, quick. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, um, yeah no, it hit, it, it hit pretty fast. Yeah, I it did. I had a light lunch. Right. It was, it was very, it was beautiful to look at. Uh, it was it was great to drink. I would not be angry if a bartender gave me that. I might get nope. something drier or be like, hey, could you like <laughs> pull the sugar back a little? But yep. yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah, it worked out uh, well and better than the last time we tried to use the butterfly peas. Yes. Yeah, and I do think that if we want to do it again, we've got plenty of that too. That's and true, we do. We, yeah. We could accomplish that that sort of magic color shifting effect really easily. Right. And now we know, uh, just like, let it steep as long as you can. Right, yeah, yeah definitely. Now that we've heard about <laughs> the drink we've had, we should probably talk about... The fuck this movie is about? Yeah, that's right. Um, I, I got you. I'm gonna. I'm cracking up on Wikipedia to tell you that six weeks after Jason Bourne's escape from Russia after his pursuit with Kirill, Operation Outcome Agent Aaron Cross is assigned a training exercise in the Alaskan wilderness as punishment for going AWOL. He must traverse the rugged terrain to find a remote cabin while being stalked by wolves. The cabin is operated by Number Three, another outcome agent there as punishment. Cross lies and tells Number Three that he has lost his program medication dog tags containing chems that outcome agents must take in order to maintain their physical and mental enhancements. Colonel Eric Beyer is tasked with containing the fallout from Pam Landy's exposure of operations Treadstone and Blackbriar. He and his team find several videos of Treadstone and Outcome medical directors Albert Hirsch and Dan Hillcott being together posted online that could lead investigators to Operation Outcome. Bayer orders Outcome to be completely shut down and all the agents and participating doctors killed to protect other clandestine programs. Bayer deploys an armed drone to eliminate Cross and Number 3 in Alaska. Number 3 is vaporized when a missile from the drone destroys the cabin, but Cross survives. He shoots down the drone with a rifle and removes a subdernal tracking implant on his hip. He traps an aggressive wolf and forces it to swallow his tracker. Another drone targets the tracker and kills the wolf, tricking everyone into believing that Cross was killed. At Darison Morlanta, the pharmaceutical company uh, supporting outcome, researcher Dr. Donald Foyt seemingly snaps and methodically shoots down Hillcott and his colleagues working on outcome. After being cornered by guards, Foyt shoots himself, leaving Dr. Marta Shearing as the program's sole survivor. Cross travels from Alaska to Chicago to recover a stash car, money, and fake identification. Running low on chems and seeing news that his outcome provider, Dr. Shearing, has survived the shooting, he drives across country to her home in Maryland. Meanwhile, Bayer sends four D-track... D-track assassins, yeah. Those yeah. are a whole new other thing. Disguised as federal agents to kill her and make it look like a suicide. Cross intervenes, kills the assassins, and burns down her house to cover their escape. Shearing tells Cross that the program previously used a virus to lock in his physical enhancements, eliminating the need for his physical chems. They 
planned to fly to the Philippines to obtain a live virus to lock in his mental enhancements since it was impossible to get more mental chems. Cross and Shearing used false identities to fly to Manila, bluff their way into a pharmaceutical factory where Steris and Morlanta has a research lab, and infect Cross with the live virus. Meanwhile, Bayer's team undertakes a massive operation in New York to track and find Shearing digitally. They find CCTV footage of her at, JK, at JFK airport and determine her itinerary, discover that Cross is still alive and on her flight, and realize the duo's plan. Bayer alerts the factory's security team, but Cross subdues the security guards, causing a panic on the factory floor, and they both escape in the commotion. Cross becomes incapacitated from the virus, so Shearing hides him in an apartment to recover. Bayer dispatches Larks 3, a chemically brainwashed super soldier, to kill them. The next morning, Cross recovers, but the local police discover their hideout and they both narrowly escape. The police and the Larks agent chase them on on motorcycle through the streets of Manila. Uh, they lose the police and Shearing kills the Lark's agent, but Cross is shot and loses consciousness. She bribes a nearby boatman to help them escape Manila. Bayer and his team, who lost their tra- trail, uh, raid the empty apartment for clues, only to find a no more message written on the mirror <laughs> with, Cross med- with the Cross's medication dog tags hanging on the side. Back in New York, Blackbriar supervisor Noah Vosen lies to the Senate, stating that Blackbriar was created solely to track down Bourne and that Deputy Director Pamela Landy committed treason by aiding Bourne in releasing top-secret treadstone files to the press. Meanwhile, Cross recovers from his bullet wounds on the boat out of Manila, where he, he and Shearing use a map to determine where they should travel, safe for the moment. And that right. is the Bourne legacy. With one addendum that we must add. <laughs> yeah. The big thing that they don't talk about in this movie. Right, which is weird, because it's kind of like a defining character it's, yeah, trait. Yeah, it's a big motivating force. And also the craziest thing about this movie that right. I think is, is pretty funny. Is the Flowers for Algernon of is, it There's all. a Flowers for Algernon twist where Jeremy Renner's uh, character, prior to being, like, in Part of Alcum, yeah. And, and chemmed up, had, like, 14 IQ points below the minimum to make the army. Right. And they fudged it so that he could get in the army right. in the first place. So he's, like, borderline mm. mentally incompetent. Right. Basically. And so that's the reasoning behind why he's so obsessed with getting yeah, his chems. Yeah, he's, he's pretty, yeah, laser-focused on making sure he's got those chems. He doesn't chems. backslide right. into that as the, yeah. the fear. Because that's and that doesn't come up in the movie until, what, an hour, 20 Well over, yeah, well over an hour into the movie Honestly, we find this out, which is... Much closer to the end than it is a little insane yeah. to have taken this much time and not told yeah. us that. That's so g- that's going to be a recurring theme in my criticism. Without spending a whole lot of time on it, I wanted to open by kind of talking about um, the Bourne movies in general and the yeah. pla- this, this movie's place in it. So Jesus Christ! For Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's Jason, Jason Bourne. Jesus Christ! It's not First, Jason Bourne. First, I want to talk about the one. fact that I am like a Bourne. I am I am like the closest thing to like an expert, an OG Bourne fangirl, mm. like a Tumblr stuff because I read the novel when I was a kid because I was obsessed with M. You are an amnesia slut. Yeah, I am an amnesia. It is my my trash trope. And so I read anything with amnesia. That was one of the first ones. I loved it. And so when they announced the movies with Matt Damon, I was initially very excited. And then I was bummed that they cast Matt Damon because he didn't match my mental image of who Jason Bourne was. Um, but I still made my friends go see it with me. And you liked the movies? Um, I liked the... Yeah, they liked them all right. But they're very different to the books. Right. The books are written; they're steeped in the seventies and the eighties. It's Cold it's eighties mostly. I looked yeah, it up, yeah, because it's, yeah. it's very like it's a very Cold it's, War heavy book. It's yeah, it's very steeped in like government's good guys. Right. Like, for the most part, we're doing the good stuff. We're doing the right thing, and so like Jason Bourne in the books is uh, 
is it's mostly about him trying to deep cover take down an, an assassin named Carlos the Jackal, who is a real person. Who is uh, yeah? Oh really? There's yeah. like a, a real life counterpart, which is weird, but yeah. And so he, to do that, he he goes undercover as like a rival assassin. And so the bulk of the Born Identities plot is like him gradually uncovering bits of his fake identity and him being kind of bummed out that he's an assassin because he seems like, he's like, well, I seem like a nice guy. I don't really enjoy killing. It's kind of bumming me out that I'm apparently some nefarious assassin. Wow. Um, and he eventually kind of finds out that he does work for the, that Treadstone is um, like a company, like a, a government organization. Meanwhile, Treadstone does think that he has gone rogue. And they're like, I guess we better kill him because he's going to go nuts otherwise. And eventually they're able to convince Treadstone and the CIA like, whoa, 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 whoa. I have amnesia. It's fine. Um, And they take him in by the end and he's like recovering, sort of recuperating. And the the sort of subsequent novels remain about like that kind of hunt. But the 2002 movies, the the one that kicked off in 2002 with the Born Born Identity, identity, they're very much about... CIA is bad. Right. right. CIA is bad and spooky and... Deeply corrupt. Yeah, yeah, deeply corrupt. There's not a whole lot that they take aside from titles and the idea of, like, this character is a super spy uh, yeah, who has, has amnesia. amnesia. Right. Because I was going to say, very much the opposite happens in that first yeah. movie to him being taken back in gladly by the CIA. Yeah, and right. in The Born Identity, he basically is an assassin. Like, he, mm-hmm. he is the CIA assassin, but he basically is an assassin for the CIA, and that's, like, what his job was before, like, losing his... his memory but most of these movies are about the government being like if anyone finds out any hint that we have spies we have to kill everyone right. involved yeah, we got a clean house clean house it's like a scorched earth <laughs> yeah. policy that's every board movie is this is like this basic right structure. it's just funny that it's a scorched earth response with like a hair trigger it seems like <laughs> yeah, it's like oh Jason Bourne's alive. Yeah, so you have to start wiping out people. Work your way up the list. Work your way, yeah. Wipe them out. Shred those papers. (laughs) Kill those people. Get those guns. Give me that pill. Yeah, ruin this guy's credibility (laughs) forever. Make this guy go insane. Yep. Um, They have also added this layer, too, right? Where, and this doesn't come up until the later Bourne movies, um, and it comes up a little bit in this movie, too. Where, like, there is... They increasingly add spooky shit that the government is doing. And one of the things that, that, that they're doing is apparently behavior modification. Yes. Which I remember initially reading as, like, oh, they're just sort of, like, using sort of emotionally manipulative sort of psyops, right? They're just sort of, like, being, you know, making them... Like, you know, like torturing them basically. Yeah, you. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was thought it was that, where it was, like, like some sort of, like, lights... Not a chemical brainwash. And and sort of, like, lose empathy and blah, blah, blah. But but this seems like Manchurian candidate-level shit that they are doing. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, in this movie, this is science. This is science making them into super soldiers. I I also just want to say, like, I think it's a... Especially if you're like, okay, we want to spin this off. It's a decent idea to start with, okay, there was Treadstone. But I think it's understandable to be like, what other... Treadstone like shit with this shadowy, backstabby government, what I mean, have. Okay, so I just want to throw, before we go into this any deeper, because there are things I want to go off of that. Yeah. I just want to say, so like, Lee, you've seen the three movies and you've yeah. seen this one. You've not seen Jason Bourne, correct? I've not seen Jason okay. Bourne because I lost interest by that. Okay. <laughs> I have so much later. I have seen like one and a half. I saw the first one and then I saw part of the second one and I was like, this fucking handheld cam shit is making me literally queasy. I cannot do this anymore and stopped watching it. Yeah. So that's why I never went beyond that one. Chris, what had you seen? Prior to this, I had seen. I've also seen the '80s, uh, right? The miniseries with Richard Chamberlain. I definitely have yeah. not seen that. It's on yeah. YouTube. Sounds fun though. It's free. Um, 
I had seen Identity, I had seen Supremacy, I had seen Ultimatum, and I've seen this. Okay, so... I have not seen Jason. All right, so you two are on, like, fairly similar ground in terms of the movies you've seen, at least. Okay, Mm -hmm. so this was also... I have very vague recollections of these movies. They're something that Rich likes a lot, so I've seen them. When they're on TV, like, he'll usually watch them, and so, like, I've caught bits and pieces, and, like, every time I'll be like, oh, yeah, like, I I vaguely remember this character, or, like, this event happening. By and large, this is not a universe that I remember a whole lot of. So Mm -hmm. this truly was... I had a friend who went with us to see the fifth Harry Potter movie in theaters who had never seen any of the other ones, and I remember (laughs) thinking, like, what a a horrible experience this must be for you to just, like... Right, to just, like... Yeah, random. I don't right. Really, I, don't to know just, I feel like I might have missed one, but I've seen some of the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, I don't but, think I've seen all of them. Well, I mean, so but what my thing would be like to come into the fifth one and not knowing who any of these characters are, which they did not know because they never read the books. And so they were just coming in being like, yeah. I cannot imagine what it must be like to be thrown into this <laughs> world, not knowing who any of these people are, except maybe a few names and like trying to figure out what the fuck is happening. Yeah. It's a little like the experience that I had with this one, I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. Well, not quite perhaps to the extreme that I think Harry Potter is. I don't think is. it is. I don't think you, even if you know, here's There's the thing. We can start talking here. about the plot of this movie right. now, but I don't think it helps. <laughs> I don't think it helps to see these See, movies. I think the only thing I would say that I think helps is that every now and then there are characters who show up. Maybe this is someone who was in a previous movie. So, like, yeah. you get Scott Glenn in the beginning. Scott Glenn. And it's like, I know he was in other ones. David Strathairn. Right, was, David Strathairn. He is was it, the head of Black Bride. Right, is it the, the end? Yeah. And so I'm like, I know he was um, in it. I know Pam Landy is a character. <laughs> Pam, Pam motherfucking Landy. Yeah, Jesus Christ, it's Pam Landy. Uh, played by Joan Allen. Joan Allen, yes. Yeah, but it's like all... Like Chris said, off when we were watching the movie... You could have replaced any of that with just Chirons. Right? Right. Just like the the, the movie we watch, where it's just like, this is Scott Glenn, he's the head of the CIA. Right. There's just, quite simply, way too many characters in the movie, and so many of them are gravelly voiced older white men with gravitas, and they all just blend together and it's like Scott Glenn is so, C.C. Keach is David Strathairn yeah. is this is the, the pharma CEO so to crack into this movie too like to make this even a little more like perplexing if you're if you whether or not you care about the other Bourne movies you don't have to I don't think you have to have seen them to watch this movie as a standalone well no because this movie is very aggressively standalone the only yeah. thing that bogs you down I think is that they keep throwing around a shit ton of code names for yes. things and like to be fair some of those are code names for things that were not mentioned previously too yeah, most of them are not right because there's a scene where Ed Norton's like, I need Treadstone, I need yeah. Blackbird, I need Emerald Lake, I need blah, 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 blah. I'm just like, like, no, 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 stop, stop, stop saying things right now. Treadstone and Blackbird are the only things that yeah. come up in the other. Right, and then Everything he just like throws other, and like, I assume it's just this idea that Universal is thinking, oh, if this movie really yeah, takes, do, then we'll explain Lake. what Emerald Lake is and all this other yeah. shit. Like, Mark strikes yeah, back. Right. Yes, exactly. Ed Mark's Norton, will come back. Ed yeah. Norton would have been from Emerald Lake. Yes. We're talking about like he named the Alpha Brook. He said all the way back to Emerald Lake. Yes, that's true. He would be. He would be. That would be the twist at the end that he's the yes. Emerald Lake. He's the, Emerald the Alpha Lake. Emerald Lake. His yeah. name is Emerald Lake, yes. <laughs> Mister Lake. That's my drag name. Um, but yeah, so this movie takes place between the second and third. It, well, it takes place concurrently with the third one mostly. Yeah. Is what I read. Like it's a little bit at the end of the second one, and for the it most part, it happens the with the th- right. It mostly yeah. happens with the third one. I could be wrong, but I think the bits we get with Joan Allen actually come from the third movie well no i think so i was telling rich about this because again he knows this better than i do and i was telling him that it ends with david strathairn being like pamela landy was very bad she shouldn't have told that Blackbriar was just a thing we made up to get jason Bourne. certainly wasn't another secret agent group just wanted jason Bourne. and they cut to like pam landy being like pam you're going to be indicted like what do you have to say about that pam landy and she's like fuck off everyone i got nothing to say he was telling me that 
in the the end of the third movie is where she releases all this information to the public and is like, like, this is the information about Treadstone and Jason Bourne and all this shit. This movie, he was wondering, from what I described to him, because he did not want to watch it, was, um, <laughs> does this undo all of the shit that happens in the third movie with like them being like, yeah, and now this information's out there in the public. And then this movie is like, actually, she's going to be indicted and the government covered it all up anyway. So, yeah. So kind of. Right. So like, I don't know for sure if it does or doesn't because I have not seen the third movie, but I think it's a little strange. It's a strange choice for a movie that's a spinoff to come in and be like, actually, the stuff that happened at the end of the third movie doesn't matter. But I mean, like, it's not like somebody came in and was like, and now now I'm undoing it. It's like Uno reverse cards it. Because it's the same writer. No, so it it's is. it's like, clearly, you know, that he was fine. It's not like somebody else was coming in and being like, fuck is... your plot. No, I know. It's not like a J.J. Abrams in yeah. Rise of Skywalker <laughs> shit. <laughs> it it uh, does feel somehow like... Somehow, Jason Bourne is... Yes, exactly. Like... Somehow, Jesus Christ, it's Jason Bourne. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be so funny? The dead speed! And then Jason Bourne's voice just, like, pops up on, like, a podcast or something. <laughs> oh, so funny. Yeah. Anyway, so, like, that's, that's neither here nor there. It was just something I was kind yeah. of musing about as I was describing this movie to it, him. The glut of characters, the glut of shadowy project names, that's of a piece with how there are large stretches of this movie where your eyes start to glaze over because there's so yeah. much yeah. interminable yeah. conversation. Right. Where they, and I get, I get if you wanted to do naturalistic dialogue, no one's going to pause to be like, well, as you know, this means this. But we needed something because they're talking about science using words I don't well, understand. But they're talking about government shit using words I don't understand let's put, let's put back up from that a bit yeah. we're gonna talk about the choices but like the rough let's talk about the rough strokes of this movie yeah, right. I mean, it's two hours in a bit two and fifteen I believe two and fifteen yeah. thereabouts it's quite a bit it's, it's not it is the longest born movie longest we, we looked it up yeah <laughs> It's not unusual, I think, for an action movie to be. No, I don't think it's insane that that movie is that long. It's long now, yeah. But it's weird. It's weird that this spinoff is longer than any other board movie. I didn't keep track, but we are in Alaska for a long time. A long. Oh yeah. Okay. So that's that's more (laughs) my issue. Half hour. There is the fact that there is the fact that this movie is very long and could have made so many small edits in almost every single scene (laughs) just to trim out like a couple lines of dialogue to keep things moving a little quicker. Yeah. We spend like what fucking like thirty five minutes in Alaska, and you were pointing out like nobody even you don't even we don't even know Aaron Cross right you don't know who this fucking guy is he's not speaking to anyone he's right. just in the alone it, in the wilderness for 20 minutes right he's not like and it's not like he comes back and introduces himself to Oscar Isaac it's like hello it's me Aaron Cross, Aaron Cross. not Jason Bourne you must know this yeah <laughs> it's just so nuts to put that off for so long and it's not like an effective reveal nobody it's just... even says like oh where are Outcome five and right. Oh, he is it's, with three and right. Like like in Alaska, where we bumped him it's, bad because yeah. he was doing some training. Or it's one whatever. of the most confusing things, though, because it makes it so much more difficult for you to hold on to who yeah. he is or any of that information. Right. You don't even they're not know, giving you the basics. You don't even know why he's in Alaska. Right. Until he finally gets to Oscar Isaac, and he's which like, is so like, again like here? fifteen minutes into the movie, you yeah. finally like starts talking to a character. Yeah. So you're in Alaska for a long time. Uh, Really, to set up a lot of stuff, and uh, and some of us, so much of that doesn't matter because right. half of it is to introduce a character who promptly dies. Right, exactly. Um, yeah. Because the the outcome thing blows up, and then and then it's like it's like oh we got to kill all the outcome agents, and then 
he's like the first one to go. Yeah. And J- uh, oh, sorry, Jason Bourne. Aaron Cross is the only one that makes it out alive. And right. All the others across the world are being fed their they're getting their yellows. A different pills. Right. They don't have their blues and greens they anymore. Are all too happy to take. Yeah. They but get their yellows. Like you'd think with all the brain pills they're taking, they'd be like a little oh, suspicious this of this. Fucking weird. Isn't yeah. It? But whatever, maybe that's part of the fucking mental conditioning yeah. they're being done. I don't know. I'm not, you know, I don't have time to engage with all the weird, bad things in this movie. Right. You have that going on for like the first thirty minutes, and you're sort of intercutting it with bits of of like the the you know again Ed Norton Ed yelling Norton at people, talking about how this this outcome shit's gonna blow up. And if you're like a casual, just trying to like do the laundry while you're watching this movie. <laughs> You're probably God help blazing you. Yeah, right. And you're probably just like you. You probably. I. I feel like it's it's well enough written that you can take away. Okay, he's going to kill the bad, the nice guys. Right. I figure. Like right. right. Like he's right. Obviously, like government agent. He's bad. Government agent bad. He's going to destroy all. Of right. Those. Jeremy Renner. Good. Yeah. Fine. We get that. The, At one point, he says, "We will lose outcome." He doesn't. Nobody. But he didn't even say like that. Means we have to kill everyone. Right. No. And, 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 and I mean, like, and I get that too. Maybe it's like like what Chris said. You don't want to like dumb down the dialogue terribly to the point where it's like someone has to come in with like a bulletin board right. and explain like every because single. I don't want that thing. either. Right. No, I don't either. <laughs> this just withholds detail to the point that I think the beginning is it's a huge problem for me actually it's a this horrible movie. way because into the story for me if i were just watching this movie for fun on my own i would have turned off the movie me after too. about 20 minutes or so because i'm just not getting any fucking information about who this person is what else is going on i'm just getting a bunch of jargon thrown in my face yeah for me i can't remember how far it was into the movie but <sighs> so okay first of all i just wanted to say i thought it was nuts that they cut away and then back to the cabin stuff at least three times. I lost track, but they would keep like going <laughs> well, back that's... to Edward Norton. Or and there was like one weird bit where they set up uh, Rachel Vice, and then I don't think we come back to her for a full 20 minutes. Yeah. There's, yeah. Like, a, there's a scene with her just like, like having pulling into in her lot. car, like presenting her but badge. It's out of like, context work now. and isn't connected to anything else right. that we're seeing. Yeah. It's her going into the lab and she meets the, the doctor before he goes totally banoonoos. Ben, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, did you approve my cortex study? Yeah. And she's like, you go, sure thing. You got it. And sure, like, sure thing, you big puff. Yeah. I, I thought you were gay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, queen, she says to him. And he's like, you go, girl. <laughs> what now? He was like, I'm going to shoot you first. <laughs> and it's it's weird to me uh, how long it takes for us to get back to that lab, especially c- considering how important it is. Right. And then I almost feel like the shootout, which happens close to the middle of the movie. Um, yeah, I mean, like a third of the, the way third, through the yeah. movie, I guess it's, I would say. It's just such a big, inciting incident. It's so weird to me. It's not sooner. Well, I mean, again, like I said... It's definitely so, like an act one thing. If yeah. You're, if you're calling Dr. Marta Shearing, Rachel Weisz, like a, a lead character... Right, which... She, she, she should be. Yeah. She, it should be part of the, the first act for her. Right. Right. But it's not. No, it's not. And I mean, this, again, is like I said, is that every single scene in this could be trimmed down significantly in order to help the movie pacing a little bit better. But... We don't. We don't have we that. Don't we have spend that. so much fucking again. Like I was telling you guys about how Roger Ebert's review of this, where he says that like watching this movie, he was like, I thought that Jeremy Renner was Jason Bourne, <laughs> they and they just had just recast, recast yeah. him. I get that because at no point do they ever establish really who he is. You don't see a picture of Matt Damon until later in the movie. So like, yeah, I would forgive you for if you had not seen the trailer, just assuming that they had recast this character. Yeah. yeah. So the, the the crux of the plot then, after it's revealed, like after you get through, past all the old guys talking, 
in the Alaska <laughs> stuff is is okay. Like every outcome agent has been had except Aaron Cross and right. uh, Dark Demarco. The only two left, and uh, basically it's it's now the quest for Kems. Yes. <laughs> Right, it becomes a fetch quest about Kems. Yeah. He needs the Kems, and we don't know oh why he needs the Kems, right. but he's pretty adamant. He wants the Kems. It's ostensibly also about survival in general, right. like, he needs to stay alive, and the Kems are part of that, I guess, but, like, but he rescues um, Rachel Weiss, and he's like, listen, your best bet is with me, also I need Kems, you yeah. want to help me get those Kems? <laughs> Um, and she has to explain a few times to him, and maybe that's have, supposed like, to be a sign that he's mentally degrading, but she has to explain a few times to him that she's like, we were never manufacturing yeah, those man- pills. Yeah, we yeah were- I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think that's supposed to be a sign that he's degrading. I think it's just bad writing. That, okay. like, they just cannot move. Plot points must be labored over. But yeah. again, we can't spend any time setting up who the fuck this guy is. Right. Or explaining what his situation is until well over halfway through the yeah. movie. Or giving us a little more uh, backstory as to why Rachel Weiss's house is in the middle of construction. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, so that's, yeah, that's an inference we can but make. It is, yeah. But it is quite a simple story of, like, yeah. get away from the government right. and get the cums. Yeah. Yep. Right, no, yeah, world. when you trim out all, like, the jargon and the techno-babble... Yeah, save the chemist, save the world. <laughs> when you cut out all the techno-babble and jargon and, like, yeah. secret codenames and shit, like, this is a very simple, straightforward yep. story, which makes it all the weirder that it takes two hours and 15 minutes yeah. to tell yeah. and still can't effectively yeah. do it. So, there's, like, we've alluded to this, but the, the, the weird ways this movie... The choices it makes of, like, what to talk about, what not to talk about. Yeah. Poor time management... Fourteen well. yeah. yeah. There's so many, there's so many scenes of these old guys in fluorescent lights. Right. Half the movie in front is of computer a, screens, under a bright yeah. blue fluorescent light. Right, such a blue, movie. shadowy and blue. Yeah. Lots of monitors. They're Faces all like obscured, growling at yeah, each yeah. other. They're always just they're saying things yeah, like talking about you're going to jump to your conclusion. <laughs> or in a diner, going like, "Listen, I'm a patriot just like you. I go right. for this just like you." Right, right, which. I, what, sure. what kind of meeting do you Why not? Because yeah. you're not in that meeting. Yeah. You maybe you're in the wrong meeting yeah. right now. <laughs> what was... we're, we're dealing with an infection. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. There's, there's a lot of... Oh, Ed, Ed Norton get, does get to do a yes. lot of monologuing in this movie. Yeah. Just... Mom, 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 mom. That's, there are theories that, that like, just, somebody yeah. he had somebody, he hired a special person to, to write just his Right, lines. to, like, punch up all of his He's truly, like, monologuing. Well, he just gets the best lines yeah. in the yeah. movie. I don't know why his lines are the best, but he just gets the best. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, Except it, the one that the guy does the, uh, Noah Fosnan, I think, is the character's name. Oh, uh, like, You Schreiner. were given a Ferrari. Oh, that's right. And, and you treated you it like a lawnmower. Like a lawnmower. Yeah. It was so, and he, he reads it so good. Too. Yeah, which is a good line. Yeah. Um, Edward Norton's character was giving me vibes of Emma Thompson and Beautiful Creatures, just in terms of like, is what we're watching good? Mm. Is what we're watching fun? hilarious and fun? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, is someone like making a meal of this? Yes, they but are. That scene with again Scott Glenn and whoever the fuck the other guy was, Stacy Keach. Stacy yeah. Keach. That was Stacy Keach. I yeah. believe so. Yeah. I don't think it was. No, the guy. The was, guy in the beginning. In the beginning, yeah. Yeah. That's Stacy Keach. Keach. Oh, then who was who was the guy that plays the pharmacy man? I don't I know that. No actor. Idea. Yeah, but anyway, I thought you were referring to pharmacy man and Stacy. No, no, no. But anyway, those two people that scene had no relevance <laughs> right. at all cut it right it's just and again because all this is he's like jason Bourne's still out there we got to get jason yeah. Bourne. like jason Bourne's not fucking in this movie guys why do i that. care about it's jason a, Bourne? it's which, like one of the first 10 minute scenes in the movie which actually serves to confuse you because i believe it's within a at least a minute that we see that scene that we see jeremy renner for the first time well, we see jeremy Ren- no we see jeremy renner in the beginning the first scene yeah, is jeremy in renner in the, in the floating in the water 
Right. Right. So we see Jeremy Renner first, and then again, they're talking about Jason Bourne, then you cut back to Jeremy Renner, still not knowing who he is. Right. So yeah, I'm just saying that because this movie never does a good job of explaining up front who this character is, you would be forgiven for assuming it's Jason Bourne. Not a good use of visual language. But like, again, like that whole scene is just these two old guys, they're talking about like... You fucked up, and he's like, right. "Well, it's not important. Right? We gotta get Jason Bourne." It's like, okay, that which isn't well, about. Yeah, it. great, but like, take that to his movie. You know, yeah, like that's, he, that's that's the third movie. This is the fourth one. Yeah, there's a movie that's there's a scene really that scene about the fucking guys on YouTube that are yeah. finding dark corners to make out of. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh my god. Albert Finney was... like shaking hands with some guy, and, and everyone's like, "Oh no, it's on like YouTube." Drawing so close to him. Exploring dark corners. Yeah. <laughs> We've been finding dark corners yeah. ever since. Bring his charming foghorn of a voice yeah. to this world <laughs> once it's, again. It's, you barely... Like, well, I don't care who these people are. Right. right. Not, you have to be told, because I'm not going to remember. It, it. Part of it almost felt like they were like, well, of course we need to do fan service for all of the Bourne characters. They, you know, I but guess. It, it just but starts like, to muddle, muddle Right, but also, like, like, why does it matter? Like, just tell me... <laughs> That you are in danger of being found out now that Jason Bourne is, like, right. public knowledge. You don't right. need to, like, yeah. pull up a YouTube video and be like, exactly. my God, the guy in our group is in a video with the guy the in this group shaking group. hands. People right. will know now. Like, just tell me they'll know. That's fine. Couldn't, I don't yeah. care. Couldn't we just start with Edward Norton being like, well, now that this has happened, we got to do X, Y, Z. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, again, like, this, that's enough. Right. this is all, right, this is so easy to simplify. <laughs> and it's yeah. insane because it's not like, like, Tony and Dan Gilroy are not, like, two yahoos off the street. Right. Like, they've worked in movies. Movies before they know how movies work. Right. Yeah, maybe they just really get off on these scenes of like old guys, old guys like being chummy or like chummy whispering or... conspiratorially toward each other. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, we're looking at papers and being like, "Have you guys read this? <laughs> Are you seeing this data?" I might have had a dramatic whipping off of classes. Yes. yes. We Jesus to... Christ, it's Pam Landy. <laughs> but again, surely if you're a Jason Bourne, a Bourne head, yeah. A baby like, born. A, born, a born baby. <laughs> a baby borner. Yeah. A baby born. You only care about Jason Bourne, maybe Nikki Parsons, right. all the movies, maybe yeah. the styles. Maybe that guy who says Jesus Christ is Jason Bourne. Because <laughs> he's great. We love him. We all love him. We stand. Who, who cares about anyone else? Nobody, again, matter. nobody's going like, oh my God, that's I, Simon Ross from... Right, exactly, yeah. Or like, like, God, I hope Albert Finney is in this yeah. one. and like, no offense to Scott Glenn, but I don't think he's like a recognizable mascot from the... I mean, that's. I think line. that's the other thing, too, is if these characters mattered in this movie, then it would be fine. But yeah. Scott Glenn, don't. Albert Finney, they show up in one scene, they, like, deliver a lot of yelling dialogue, and then they split. So right. it's like, why are we bothering yeah. following them around? If your screen time is, like, seven minutes or less, which I'm sure Scott Glenn's is, mm-hmm. why are you in this movie? Right, exactly. Like, you're in there, I guess, as a means to provide, like, narrative connective yeah. tissue with the other Bourne movies, which, like, I get this movie doesn't need to be bogged down more and shit like that. Yeah, so there's far too many scenes of that there's also like an extended sequence in a car that you alluded to chris where um, oh God, to, yeah. to have to have what i'm sure is the most bullshit science conversation i've ever heard about a lecture I've ever yeah heard. i want to i like, want i want to have a scientist watch that and tell me <laughs> if it was nonsense we're gonna get nathan i'm sure nathan yes explained how bullshit that is to some extent but yeah where she's like well if you want to change dna the best way to do that is with a virus and i'm like that can't be right <laughs> <laughs> i don't yeah, know i am a scientist she, that can't be she right she lays it out for him it's like the the most efficient way to rewrite genetic code was through a virus and i guess we're just supposed to accept that and move on but it was it did seem yeah, wild you have to stop right there right <laughs> but 
It's also um, a scene that is difficult to pay attention to because it's very boring. Yeah. And we don't, don't know what's right. being said. It's like, I, th- I think it would have been fine if you just had her start the first 20 words of that and mm-hmm. then fade to a different scene. Yeah. yeah. Like we can get that she, she like you can have your cake and eat it too with like assuming that she's going to science a monologue. Right. And, and then you don't have to hear how stupid it actually my, sounds. My, my entire kingdom for a smash cut that abbreviates travel in this movie because yeah. <laughs> we need to drive to the airport and we stop we, at the hotel we, <laughs> we have a night at the hotel go from the hotel we go to, to the, airport. the airport we go through That's security a classic we're running from the, you gotta go to the night at the hotel the only thing they didn't do is they, what I, I think they did do in the born identity is is like we gotta cut your hair and dye it well that, that's oh. what I was saying like they should have done that frankly should've, to Rachel yes. Weisz like probably should have given her a new haircut I, but like I don't need the Maybe car they ride because Jason Bourne did that to Maria <laughs> like, Jeremy Renner's watching cool. the first movie on DVD being like oh we can't do that <laughs> but like I just, we don't need the car ride. Like, you can tighten that up. You can give us right. those moments, but you yeah. could maybe just go from one to the other. We don't need to go, we don't need to have the car ride between each place. Yes. Right. Um, meanwhile, there are things that I don't think we talk enough about. We don't, so we, we, it, if you're going to, at one, one hour, 20 minutes in, if you're going to introduce this concept that uh, Jeremy Renner needs these chems or he's going to basically like revert to, a uh, mentally challenged state. Like a mentally sort, challenged yeah. state. That's an important piece yeah, of information. Yeah, I agree. And I like what I assume this is, is they were thinking like, we'll hold this back until the end of Act 2 and that'll put a whole new spin on what he's been doing the entire time. But like, no. no. Give me that information up front. I want to know why he's been such a raving lunatic it's, about these chems from the get-go. I don't have a good yeah. reason for it, except that he really wants these chems. It's not like it gives you something new to then think about what you've already seen through a new lens. It was like a vital piece of motivation that they withheld that made everything up until that point feel completely untethered and unmotivated and kind of impossible to understand. And now that we do get it, we're like, we had to wait an hour 22? Yeah. If you want to compare this to like the Brandoni, like, right, we don't. We don't know anything about Aaron Cross at the beginning of this movie. Now, we also don't know anything about Jason Bourne in the Bordenity. Sure. Right. Does he? But that's the right. point. Right. The whole yeah. point is that he does not know he his identity. Know. And right. we know that he we we instantly empathize with his quest right. because it sucks. We right. wanna know we wanna learn about who he is. And I mean that's the whole quest. If the entire quest of this was like him for some dumb unknown reason being like I know I need these pills but I don't remember why I need these pills yeah. and at the end you find out like oh it's because you'll revert to like a mentally challenged state if you don't get these pills like I'm not saying that's a good story but it would be like a it yeah. would be like a story well, that's not where I, I wasn't gonna no. go there no and I'm not yeah. saying I'm not saying you should I don't think that's a good move to yeah, do yeah. whatsoever but I'm saying like if the whole quest of this was him somehow trying to figure trying out to figure, like yeah. why he needs these pills then like fine you could probably ask your way into that crap yeah. It's not what this movie's about. This no, movie no. is really just that, like, it, w- when you compare with, like, the Bourne movies, which are a lot of shadowy governments and international espionage, this one is just, like, guy wants pills. Guy yeah. wants, like... Well, again, like, the first one, though, is is mostly about... Like, it's incidental that the shadowy government stuff happens. Because right. Because it's really, like, the quest is, like, I, I need to know who I am. Right. And, and then... who he is. And it turns out that who he is is something that a lot of people want dead. Right, yeah. And so, like, that becomes then the new thing. And he's, like, he's trying to, like, get some clarity on who he is, but also stay alive. Right. They did give you enough, though, to stay compelled and interested in what was happening. Well, yeah, but that's right. what I'm saying is we can't... Because we cared about Jason Bourne's, like, motivations. <sighs> 
I, I don't know, like, is it almost fair to say that, like, maybe you as an audience member don't even know that you're supposed to wonder why he wants the chems? Like, yeah. do you think that's the intention of the writers, that you're not supposed to be wondering why he's so nuts about this? You have to be, because... No, and I'm thinking about it because, like, I've forgotten on my rewatches, right, that, like, as soon as I watched this film once, this right. movie was cemented in my brain as, like, this is the Flowers for Algernon spy movie. Yes. And I forgot that we didn't know that the whole time, that that's a thing we find out. Yeah. And so when I was thinking about it at first, I was like, well, I guess it is meant to be like a twist. And it puts, yeah, like again, you said like it puts a new spin on it. Like, oh, now we know why he's, it, it's a reveal. But like, I don't know, if you look, if you really look at it, if you really care to, which it involves a lot of, again, what I like to call extrapolation. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, a lot more humanity to Aaron Cross than there is to like most of the other spies that you see in the movie. So mm-hmm. like there, it's there, right? Like there's something of a character there. And I think that you're meant to like, I guess, connect to it in a way that you wouldn't connect to any of the other spies. I think that's true. But but the other thing that you have to take into consideration, though, is that you find out or you, again, assume that Oscar Isaac was bumped to this cabin because Because he he fell fell in love with someone. So, like, I think, like, you might also assume that there's another character who has some sort of... I I would agree with you. I think that there is humanity there because he's very grumpy and upset. Yes, he (laughs) is. He's very prickly. And you get the the sense that, like, yeah, he doesn't want to be here. Yeah. He's not happy with the situation either. So you... I would agree with that, but then he's summarily killed. Right, exactly. Like, and well, so it doesn't matter anyway. Like I, I, I remember thinking that, too. Like, when uh, I first saw this movie, I, I remember even being surprised. I didn't know who Oscar Isaac really was right. at the time. Yeah, I didn't either. When I first saw The Born Legacy, but I was like, wow. They just... It didn't seem like they'd kill that guy that right. quickly, but he's dead, I guess. Yeah. It's a shame I kind of liked him. Right, yeah. There they was something kinda, interesting they were, there. They were broing out, and yeah. I, was like, I was kind of happy. And now that. he's gone, and it won't yeah. matter. But um, but no, I mean, it's why are you holding on to that information? It's a reason for us to care about this character, right? And it's it's only it can only serve you to get that out there earlier. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Even if we don't, it doesn't have to be like it doesn't have to be something that he says to someone else. It can just be something that we learn. Yeah, it's just flashback or something. It just makes the movie so much harder to access and to get into. Yeah. Because we just feel like also, we're being held at too much distance from the main character. Even yeah. if you didn't cover what his IQ was before he took the pills, the the notion of backsliding, which they also allude to, like, is not pleasant. Right. Right. Um, would have been interesting to play that out. I would have loved to get... They, he just... It's literally all he says is, like, they don't paint a nice picture of it. I would yeah. have loved to have, A... a understood what the ramifications of going off the pills were. Mm-hmm. And B, wouldn't it be great to actually see that? But we don't. Right. right? No, There's you get like, like one scene of him like looking like being out. dazed. And yeah. that's just she's like, hey, get your shit together. He's like, Come on. okay. And he's like, right. oh, okay, great. Yeah, great. Let's get this done. And yeah. even like in context, you could probably shrug that off as like, he was tired. Yeah, or he's just like focusing lag. on a bunch of shit at once. Right. So like he's thinking yeah. about something. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so it's it really doesn't focus on that at all. And it it also pulls out we're gonna talk about larks. Oh my god. Guys, we gotta talk about. Can we yeah. so, is it time to talk about larks? We, <laughs> should, we, we, should we go larksing? We, we need to go larksing. They, they, so, in it? the grand tradition of just pulling names, with like twenty minutes out of out, of, right. out of the sleep. Yeah, larks is one of the things they mention in the beginning. I think when he's it's like, I, wa- I want like Emerald Lake larks, blah blah blah. It is mentioned in the sense that like someone says the word larks. Yeah. You <laughs> don't when, know when anything they, about it. When they bring it up again, there's another guy that's like uh, that. Whoever that, I think he's a general. Mm-hmm. The yeah. black guy. Yeah, he, they, they, have, they have a conversation of like dueling he's very the, tight close-ups. Yeah, he's the one in the diner, and he's right. also again, he, again, another character you meet twice and never again. Yeah, he's in the diner, and he's in the conversation at the end about Larks, where he's like, "What? Wait, Larks is active? I didn't know that we had yeah. activated." He's like, "Well, consider yourself notified." <laughs> <laughs> so, and it's because ooh, ooh yeah, he got you six burns. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sick government burns. So yeah, it's clearly that some some like beta program or right. you know, one of the, some beta cut. They, they yeah. talked about, but it's. <laughs> But right. They, when when they when they're really out of options for you know they've they've sent like several different types of assassins after Aaron Cross it, Noville. It's basically just someone's like the Terminator. It is like a right. Terminator. They, yeah. they don't really explain it, but I guess I mean it seems like they don't register pain, and they seem to have a much higher uh, tolerance. Like they they just keep getting back up. And right. Going. And I mean it also seems like they're kind of like utterly brainwashed. Like, yes. There's simply yes. no there's like no second thoughts. Again, in we don't at all. know because you mentioned the fact that it's mostly either like a not a uh, American actor slash maybe a stunt person. And That's what I thought it was yeah. in general. Yeah. But like it's not I don't I don't I don't necessarily blaming if he isn't truly an actor, I'm not blaming his performance because he has no lines. Right. And so, and very little to work with. Right. But it's like, well, you, you might as well be watching a cyborg. Yeah. Like when he's literally channeling the Terminator. He might as well be wearing the leather jacket and the glasses. Yeah. When they, when he finally stays down, it's weirdly surprising because every yeah, other like, time something right. debilitating I mean, that, happened to him. Know. Right. You better walk up there and shoot him through. Yeah, no, I was going to say, again, this quick. like also contributes to my thing that the movie just like stops. It doesn't end <laughs> so much as it just stops because it's, he falls off his motorcycle and like, that's the one that does it, I yep. guess. Like, despite the fact he's already been launched off the motorcycle motorcycle before no this time despite the fact that our two heroes also fell off a motorcycle right. this one will kill this guy right. don't worry about but it. it it is bananas that i don't know anything about this man i don't yeah. know what's been done to him in the similar way that they talk about that other scientist who killed who the guy that shot the lab up mm-hmm. and she and dr shearing is like well has anyone checked his blood we do neural level mental programming or whatever and i'm like the fuck yeah what's this now yeah what does that mean is that something you could just do so i guess she's just <laughs> suggesting that he was dosed and somebody gave him something that i don't know maturing candidates you and makes you right i mean like that is a strange kind of a jump for her to make her who knows she knows about outcome as a program that makes you super smart and super fit but she doesn't know about like anything that would potentially again Manchurian candidate you to the point that like yeah. if you do something this person will just snap into kill mode start trying it, to this kill. Is where if you stop and think about it for five seconds you just it's your brain starts to melt because yeah. what are you telling me? You're telling me that you what? <laughs> you put something in their blood and then how the fuck do you give them such clear instruction? Like right, you right. provide them an algorithm of like okay well you shoot these people in this order and then if you get shot then shoot yourself before anything else can happen. Like that's how do you do that? Yeah. You can't do that with a uh, injection. Unless yeah. it was like he got dosed with some kind of like with a similar. Right. That's like, what I'm guessing is that like the night before he was oh, injected or some shit. I guess. And yeah. Edward Norton's like, okay, you're gonna do this, this, and this. When they start to come in, shoot yourself, and we'll clean up the rest. No, my thought was he was maybe given chems similar to what other the people were time. getting, and that the plan was to like, hey, you're activated, and he's like, cool. Yeah. Maybe. Well, apparently, that's what happens in the Treadstone TV show. Is that like. It's it's full of like crazy brainwashed people where like oh and like like uh, like a phrase that will trigger yeah yeah like sleeper agents which again sounds way too fantasy yeah well I mean that's also I'm glad you kind of said that too so very vague recollections of the Bourne movies I was not sure if going into this if. The Treadwell program, Treadwell, what is it called? Treadstone. Treadwell is a droid from Star Wars. Treadstone program that Jason Bourne is in was something chemically induced, or if it was literally just break you down mentally, which apparently it is. Apparently, it is basically just they waterboard you or like break down your mind to the point that like you have no recollection of any of this shit, and it's just a process that they do to you. This is something that is like 
fairly, shall we say, grounded in the world in, in the world of this movie, comparatively speaking. And then you're like, also, there are government agencies that have magic pills that when you give them to people, they become super smart and super strong. And there's another government <laughs> agency that somehow like wipes your mind and makes you unable to feel pain yeah. and also makes you super strong and you will not question well, any order anyone has given part you. Part of the blue, they talk one more. She's giving her brain her lecture on chems. Uh-huh. She says that the blues, they're like colloquially known as like they do your brain good, but it's like one of the things they do is pain tolerance. Uh huh. So I think that's just an amped up version. Okay, I mean, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, again, like the thing I was comparing this to when we were talking before was um, Fallen Kingdom, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, which has a, a like a plot point where they clone a girl. Yeah. And it's like, I understand that, yes, in the real world, if you could clone dinosaurs, eventually you will move to cloning people. Like, yeah. I get that. That's not what Jurassic World movies should be about. They should not be about like, <laughs> like, well, is it right to clone baby? Like, should baby be like considered a human? It's like, no, fucking get that shit out of here. I'm here for dinosaurs. Like, that's the same thing I think here where it's all of a sudden and like it's like if yeah. you're in this for like a fairly grounded realistic look at like some sort of ultra secret spy program and then all of a sudden it's like also we have chemically enhanced soldiers who are taking magic pills to make them smart and strong i feel like i'd be a little bit like uh we're kind of drifting into a weird space yeah. here it is i mean i i already think it's weird that they have been trying to yeah i yeah i agree with I you like strange. it also I, like, I don't remember that from i don't really remember that much from the original porn movies mm-hmm. when he loses his memory in the Identity. That isn't. That's just normal brain trauma. I believe. Yeah, I believe it's because he gets shot. Right. Yeah, like, he, gets he gets shot, shot and he yeah. like falls off. He injures his head. But like in the born. In, tre- in the Treadstone TV show, they imply that, like, they have ways of making you lose your memory, which I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> Definitely drifting into a fantasy yeah. sci-fi yeah. sort of world here. When you look back at when the first Jason Bourne movie came out, it was kind of a big deal for uh, several reasons. Mm-hmm. But one of the ideas was that it was presenting, like, a more grounded post-9-11 right. action spy movie. To yes. the point that James Bond movies took on aspects of Jason yeah. Bourne. Right. Because they were like, this is what people want. They like want Casino a grounded... Royale, right? right, yeah. yeah. Casino Royale is very indebted to the Bourne identity in terms of, like, the style the look the way it's told all that shit and right and now it's kind of like but also we have magic pills and it's just sort of like like you're drifting away from the thing that made you notable and interesting in the first place and just sort of throwing in this weird ass aspect which again like I don't think you need it's weird to me that Tony Gilroy who has been involved with all the other movies would be like and what we really need to go into now are pills that enhance your brain it's not just some sort of like conditioning process it's actual science that is making you super strong and super smart Maybe they were a fan of the TV show and was like, let's try to get some of that fantastical shit in here. The TV show was after? Yeah, the TV show came after. Much later. Treadstone, yeah. TV show's like only a couple years old. Yeah. Yeah, it was for like one season it did not take. People did not respond to it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who was responsible for the TV show at all. Tim Crane from Heroes was like an EP. That's all I know. Sure. Again, Checks save out. the Kemps. Yeah. Checks out. <laughs> yep. um, all right. I don't think we can talk about anything else with this story. We've yeah. touched on how there are too many characters. There's too way, many characters. Too way too many characters. I don't think we need to yeah. talk about all of them. No, no, of no. course not. But I'm just but saying. There's too many of them. Right. Like the idea that Edward Norton has four lackeys who he's talking to. No. Maybe. Cut that down. There are two. Right. You've got two. You've got also like. Like this woman who shows up and tries to call Rachel Vice. Yep. There are two guys with them as well. Start condensing this shit down. Yeah. Again, the, like I will pay to see Donna Murphy fight Rachel Vice. Too, too many similar general, people, too. The people yeah. that are around Ed Norton that he talks to to argue with mm-hmm. are the general, the pharma guy, Corey and, Stahl. Huh? Corey, Corey Stahl. Stahl. I don't know who that the is. The bald guy. He's bald. I'm not sure. Yeah. He pops up in this and that scene. And yeah. and like the again, Vozen is the guy's name. Uh, David Strathairn. Yeah. Keech. yeah. No. no. 
I don't know. David Strathairn is Fosun. He's he, David Strathairn is, is the guy. David Strathairn is the guy who's at the end testifying to Congress. I don't like, know what you guys thought I was talking about before then, because when you Stacey, I was talking about Fosun as as Stacey. the guy. Stacy Keach. Keach is a larger guy with white with hair, the mustache. Yeah. I don't know. He was yelling at Scott Glenn They're in the all beginning. white guys. Yeah. <laughs> They're all bigger white guys yeah. with the white hair and the mustache. They're all indistinguishable. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It doesn't matter. There's too many old. There's too many people that are around. Well, so there's the lackeys and there's like the people that he he talks to. There's the farm right. guy and the general and there's also Scott Glenn and the adjacent one where he's like there are people that he's having the conversation with like sorry we have to burn this shit down. Right. Like, so they have and then have, they have one guy that he gets mad. Yeah. Because Donna Murphy on his team who also has a passing resemblance to Elizabeth Marvel who was later sent yes, to go right. kill Rachel but Weiss. I actually right. thought it was the Yeah, and there are more and again there are also other people with Elizabeth Marvel who we don't <laughs> right. see before who yeah. are also there to kill Rachel Weiss. I get it also that I know like it's not necessarily logistical that you would send your your own personal team to be like take down Aaron Cross, but like you could have one overlap, you know. Just in terms of characters, when you talk about like because this is a recurring theme, I just want to sidebar real quick. the The whole thing where I've, like I never remember names. There's mm-hmm. a thing called face blindness. Yeah, yeah. I legit have name blindness. <laughs> I know what people are. I totally tell you, something. I've okay. seen that person before. I don't know their names. They they go in one head, stick. in one part of my brain, right out the other. I don't care. I don't care about their names but yeah there's they're, they're all you like yeah give him one person to report to and, and two lackeys and right. that's it yep exactly that's all you need well yeah. and then if you need and then like, a bunch of red shirts right yeah, exactly right. have, have faceless right. assassins show yes. up at the house to kill elizabeth marvel led by i'm sorry to kill rachel vice led by Tana murphy yeah, yeah. Who, well, then, who then slugs it out with let's talk about the characters yeah. we do have that we care about we got let's let's start so with like, the top of the quarter. christopher cross Christopher Cross. Christopher Cross. Oh, Chris Cross himself. Chris Cross. Um, uh, uh, it's, it's Jeremy Renner. He is not given great material. I mean, I think there. So, like, the, he's okay. I, he's I, fine. I, yeah, he's fine. I think there there are compelling aspects to this character that they just don't see fit to deal with. Yeah, I I think that he is. I think he's given a bad deal on this character. I think that this was a much could have been a much better character had the writing been better. Yeah. Um, but I think he does fine with what he gets. I agree. I, yeah. I, I think more than fine, but everyone I think else wants to I, cut I, it I, off at fine. Yeah, I think it's fine. I think he's fine enough. I think he has moments where he he stretches beyond fine. I I'm not saying it's his. Fault. I just think yeah. He's, no, my he's, yeah. He's my complaint is entirely with how the character works. I think movie. he succeeds in like sh- in like having the humanity of that character shine through. I agree with that, um, which is important because how are you going to care about him otherwise? I'll right. also say I feel like the the flowers for Algernon reveal could have been a lot worse. Oh, the scene where he has to like pretend, yeah, where he is where Jeremy Renner has to act pre. Yes, yeah, mentally challenged in um, some way. You know, it's yeah. not a it's not a me, and I don't mean they, this as a knock to him. I just mean like it's always I think uh, uncomfortable. Yeah. They do, which I actually thought was. Good. I think it would. Yeah, have you don't been, want to get into it too much. No, I think it would have been so not. bad if he like, did like a voice, an affectation. Yeah, yeah no. No, but it's just like him. He doesn't speak a lot. Is he's what he's been it is. injured yeah. and yeah. like he's clearly like afraid because he thinks he's about to get kicked out of the right. army, and then he's like, he does a good job of like channeling this like like fear, and he like speaks. Yeah. He he sells it, but in a way that is not offensive. Yeah. Like, he speaks slowly. Yeah. No, it, it works. Um, I think he does fine in the role. Um, I would have loved to, to for that character to have been done better justice, but, you know, you get what you get. Um, yeah. Writing-wise, yeah. Need a much better character. Um, Acting-wise, does fine. Yeah. I think he does Rachel, good work with Oscar Isaac as well. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, we'll talk... We'll, we, so, we'll do billing. We'll do, uh... Yeah, we'll do uh, order of appearance. Yeah. <laughs> 
I don't know. Actually, Rachel Weisz might appear before Oscar Isaac, but yeah, she does. I don't. We might as well talk about doesn't. Oscar Isaac because yeah. he dies, but he's wasted. Yeah, wasted. completely wasted. He's so wasted. Right. It's such a shame. Right. He gives a lot. It's. It seems so important. Like his character seems like it's gonna matter. Right. It's really yeah. like. A, and it's again. It's because we spend so much fucking time with yeah. him that you assume he'll matter in some way. And He's, like again, he dies. I thought that maybe he was gonna come back in the last same. act somehow as the Lark's agent yeah. or some shit like that. But no, he just dies, and that's this it. This movie starts, and you learn about these two spies and they, they, how they both have personal motivations that have interfered with their program. Right. And, and it seems very important, and then one of them summarily yeah. dies. And yep. Oscar Isaac has been out in that cabin for a while, right? Yeah, we don't know how long, but it seems like he's been there manning it for a while. Yeah. They imply that, like, it's his job, kind of, yeah, now. Like yeah. It just but it's does. sort of almost like he's in exile. Well, it's a punishment, yeah. yeah. like yeah. yeah. But yeah, he does great in the time that he has. Uh, Rachel Weiss as Dr. Marta Shearing. Uh, has I, my favorite line in the whole movie. The science, the, that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, were the, we were all there. For the, the science. science. We're all there for the science. <laughs> um, I think you're lapsing into Jerry Seinfeld just there. A little. <laughs> the just science, a little. George. George, the science. She would do a science. Elaine. <laughs> I mean, all of that aside, I, I think she's good in this. Yeah, um, I. Uh, she has like a little bit more to do than just scream and be in peril, which is good. Not exists. not a lot more to do, but a little bit yeah. more. I like. I think her best work is in the lab shootout. Yeah, um, well, I think the lab shootout is the best scene in the movie for me. It's a great I think. sequence, too. Um, yeah, it's really well executed, and I, I think she's very good in it. But no, it's, it's good when you have, like, I think if you're going to have a character like this that's basically um, going out of their depth in any kind of action or spy situation, might as well make them smart, because right. yep. they need something. Otherwise, we're, we're just going to feel real bad for them, or we're going to be annoyed by them. Yeah. It's going to be like Resident Evil 4 Ashley syndrome. Right? I, ask, I think it's also, like, it's a delicate line to walk of showing emotion and being upset understandably in situations that she's put in without it becoming like feeling like it's too much or get annoying and that never happens yeah she gives it just enough which is great so it's good it's just a shame i don't again because of the weird choices of the movie and how it's somehow two hours and 15 minutes we don't really have enough time with her or especially with no it's especially weird when again it ends with them on a boat and she's kind of like flirty with him like yeah like i wish we were lost like what like right and like you weren't sitting by each other on the plane he was in a fugue state in a bed for like an entire (laughs) night like when have you two bonded at all all. you barely had any time together he saved your life and that's about it. Yep. And then Ed Norton, I guess, is worth it. We gotta talk about it. Yeah. Oh I God. mean, just nom 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 on yeah. that scenery. You just yeah. choose it's, that scenery It's up. really entertaining. You can tell he's having a great time. Yeah, it's a buffet. Yeah, it's it's a good it's a good casting choice, I think. I mean, I still have a little bit of a problem because I think he's not that all interesting of a no. villain in terms of a character. No. The movie tries no. to establish that there is a personal connection between him and Aaron. and Aaron. But, like, they never talk in them. The only time you see them speak is when they do a flashback to, right. like, him and the army. But, like, it's not like you ever have them on the phone or Lisa, like, if he showed up somehow at the end, that would be something. Because, like, the movie wants you to think it's this sort of these two at loggerheads with each other. They don't interact. So, like, how? How could they be? I kind of feel like we've we've said something similar to this a couple of times in this episode, but it's like, I understand that in the real world, 
someone in Edward Norton's position would try to kill Cross through, like, drones and other agents and whatever else. But in terms of watching a movie in which there is a clear protagonist and an antagonist, and then they never meaningfully have an exchange or a confrontation, it's incredibly unsatisfying. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's also, like, it's it's not even really resolved because no. they take care of the individual assassins that come after them, but, like, presumably Ed Norton's still going to be like, that's a loose end. They're on a boat now, got to take out that boat. Yeah. And yeah. Edward Norton's just so disconnected from the action that yeah. it, he just feels ineffectual as a villain in a weird way, and he's just not... As much energy as he puts into it, as extremely entertaining as he is to watch and listen to, he's just not that dynamic. I think if you were doing, again, first of all, it's not done. This movie's not done. Like, it's, there's no ending. Right, no, the movie's, again, like Um, I said, it stops. Doesn't end, stops. second of all, uh, yeah, you need some kind of resolution to that arc. Um... He, uh, he he wants to have this wrapped up, but he doesn't have it wrapped up. And and neither does, in a similar way to Aaron Cross, is not out of the woods. Right. right. He, like, you sort of expect it should end in some sort of way that involves Ed Norton, like, getting kicked off this or something, or, yeah. like, demoted, or, like, kicked out of or the like, agency. Or... or Ed Norton is like, fuck it, Markham is dead. I don't care. Yeah, like, right. Like, I, I've come to an agreement that, like... This is good enough. He's yeah. not going to do anything, and I, fuck it. He's just everyone, he's dead. Right, we're that's, all going to just pretend. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. It really does contribute to it feeling like it was weightless and like it doesn't matter because we don't really see a response. Yeah. Right. And we I see mean, a response to, like, to Pam Landy, but yeah. not to the actual antagonist of this movie. Right, and again, yeah. Aaron Cross doesn't get away at the end technically either. It's still like we're <laughs> both still just sort of there. Right. Right, there's no one else important. No, it doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. Else matters. <laughs> just a cavalcade of government spooks. Yeah, I got nothing to say about any of them. It's fine. Yeah. Does, it, does anyone want to say anything about the action in this movie before we move, talk about fixes? I Something think it's brief moderately for easier to follow in terms of it's, it relies a lot less on handheld. <laughs> just, yeah. I really hate Greengrass's really like fucking handheld camera shit. So like, I think it's a little bit easier to follow. That said, I think it's kind of boring like maybe there's not a lot again there's yeah. surprising no, surprising right right again moments. like when you think about all the things that make the Bourne movies the Bourne movies rounded spies international espionage shadowy agencies action scenes you get shadowy agencies and that's about all you get it's about 70-30 on shadowy agency and action right yes. right, right yeah there's like 20% too much people in rooms with computers talking yeah. at each other and then like the the big action set piece which is presumably the very long chase in the third act is not that interesting to watch. Right. It's uh, a yeah. motorcycle chase scene, which I've seen so many fucking motorcycle chase scenes in my life. They're not adding anything new to it. It was so much more interesting when they were on fo- Anyway, it just right. it goes on for so long and you're just sort of like, well, yeah, I did want action, but I wanted right. something I mean, there's a scene that uh, we were talking about that when Rachel Weisz is like sneaking between two buildings and it's a very narrow space, a cop on one side and a cop on the other side, and Aaron Cross has to sort of like slide down in between the space. How interesting it would have been to have a fight scene yeah. that's like you're a two-dimensional and fight if you scene. have like rebar in that area, then yeah. you could be sort of like doing like, right. kind of climbing that up and down this yeah. space. Incredible. Right, wow. that would be really fun. It's something yeah. I haven't really seen before. And this move very quickly, just like no police officers down, other yeah. ones down, move on. I, I wonder if there was like that. a logic here where they were like, yeah, look, we'll 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 give you some fantasy with these magic brain and body pills, but what yeah. we won't do is have any fun. Okay, no, no creative action yeah. in here. I mean, I wonder if it's just that like. Gilroy was not comfortable doing action scenes or something. Like maybe that's just not his forte. And so I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. 
All right. Are we ready to talk about fixes? Yeah, yeah, I think so. All right. I can go first this time. I don't go first often, and I'm ready. All right. Go for it. it. Wow. Really... Right out of the gate. Here's my fix. I want to focus on, like, the human aspect. This is what compelled me most about the, the story that I didn't think we focused on enough, like, the human aspect of these spies and what they do and what they're, again, what they... The stupid line from another board member is like, what do they, what do they make you give? <laughs> whatever. Yeah. What, <laughs> what, they what they make you? you give? Yeah, what they take from you or whatever. I am keeping the flowers for Algernon thing. Of course. I think it's crazy and funny and it's fascinating. It's so stupid and I love it. Um, and, then, and we're going to establish that early on. And I, I like it as a personal motivation to like, somehow like they're killing all of us. I need to stay alive. I also need to hold on to this because I might as well be dead without this. Basically, mm-hmm. um, I can't go back to that life anymore. The number one change I want to make is I kind of want to have this low-key dysfunctional family aspect to the four main characters of the movie who are going to be Ed Norton, a.k.a. the villain, is I think a woman, she's mom. There's Oscar Isaac and Jeremy Renner, who are the kids, um, (laughs) the two spy kids. And then there is scientist dad, who does the chems. (laughs) And scientist dad is nice. And has is not really that involved in um, the spooky government stuff, and is just handling the science. But nefarious, cold, manipulative government mom, spy mom, yeah, spy mom is the one that found like Aaron Cross off the streets or wherever she found Aaron Cross and got him in, and probably got Oscar Isaac too. But like our our gateway into this is going to be Aaron Cross and like mm-hmm. him being like sort of picked up, and there is that strong personal connection there. And it is, it is a manipulative connection that is, like, used a lot to, like, keep him in line and keep everyone of those agents in line. That, like, it's, it is an emotional manipulation, but it's much more, like, of a, of a traditional view where it is, like, we run it as if it's some sort of weird, demented, like, you know, again, dysfunctional family, like, bad, toxic family. Did you see Black Widow? No. You might want to see Black I Widow. Probably, I know, it's on my list. Because this is like definitely something that Black Widow kind of, which I don't think is like a good movie, but I think it kind of deals with this a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but it's very similar. I think it's still similar to how it is in the movies where the out the agents are numbers. They're not allowed to talk to each other. They don't know who each other is or like they're not generally seeing each other. Um, but individually, there's some sort of like spy mom has some sort of, maybe it's not mom to everyone, but maybe it's, it's some sort of toxic manipulative relationship that she forms with every single agent and so in the beginning of the movie it plays out the same way where like they've both been naughty agents or whatever so oscar isaac's been there for like months and he's been manning this cabin and it's the same like journey runner's just gone missing for a few days i like the fact i mean again this is something we also don't learn and we didn't even talk about it i think once yet i like the fact that the reason he went missing is because they accidentally killed innocence and he was kind of like freaking out about that Ed Norton is trying to like to be like, listen, we're teenagers. Oh, uh-huh. um, we're morally indefensible. Whatever he says in the movie. <laughs> so same thing happens. They like have to burn the program down while they're like in Alaska or whatever. But both of them make it out alive. Um, I do think that the main like relationship you care about in the movie is between Oscar Isaac and Jeremy Renner. Like you care about them bonding the most. I think that spy daddy, uh, that doctor, sorry, scientist daddy is. <laughs> still a sole survivor and is still the key to like locking in their their chems or whatever they don't know that they have to do that they still have to go find out and i liked this idea that they they have eventually they go rescue spy daddy mostly because um maybe oscar isaac actually wants to lock in some of his meds too or whatever spy daddy or spy mommy sorry scientists he's like scientist we're, okay daddy. we feel like we're gender flipping a lot sorry sorry <laughs> sorry sorry scientist daddy okay 
We'll say Dr. Shearing. It's still Dr. Shearing, okay. but it's Dr. Martin Shearing. Dr. Boyce Shearing, yes. Dr. Martin Shearing. Um, <laughs> they rescue Dr. Shearing. Uh, maybe Oscar Isaac is a bit more uh, mercenary about it, where he's like, well, I want like my chems or whatever. I want my physical stuff locked in or whatever. And maybe Jeremy Renner's character cares more about, like, well, I just liked him. I just liked Dr. Shearing. He was nice. We shouted about his kids in the soccer games, <laughs> and it was nice. Dr. Shearing, it, like, reveals, Oscar, you're already locked in on greens. You don't need the physicals anymore. The same reveal, like, they don't know that, th- that this was a thing. And they have time to lock in only one more person's meds. And so, obviously, Jeremy Renner picks blues, because that's mm-hmm. what he cares about. Oscar's going to be, like, locked in on physical, and Jeremy Renner's going to be locked in on for the blues or whatever. If you want to do, if you want to take the movies in this crazy direction, maybe there is some weird brainwashing shit that they tried. Sure. Right? They they lock in the chems, and while he's like in a in a sort of flu fever dream, they activate whatever this is. And because Oscar Isaac has only locked in his greens, and he doesn't have like the mental fortitude, like he kind of flips out because whatever pre-programming kicks in, and like kidnaps Doctor Shearing again, and is going to like go assassinate Doctor Shearing and report back and go after Eric Roth. And Aaron Cross then wakes up and has to, like, go snap Oscar Isaac out of it, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's how it, how it ends. Like, he would somehow be able to, like, break the mental conditioning that was placed on um, Oscar Isaac. And they'd get um, Scientist Daddy and escape from Evil Spy Mommy. <laughs> okay. So, my fix... There was... There's sort of, like, a throwaway reference to uh, Rachel Weisz maybe of having some kind of domestic partner, romantic partner that used to live there, but then cleared out. I think what I would want to do is make explicit that that was Oscar Isaac. That incident led to him kind of just freaking out and ghosting, and that just happens to be, like, the cabin where he, like, settled down into. That is morally questionable on her part, (laughs) to be dating someone she's performing medical experiments on. I agree. (laughs) But I think it it wasn't going to be like, you know, she was looking for a hot meal at work. It's just, it just happened. I mean, I would Um, assume not. Jeez. You, you hold female scientists in very low regard, Christine. No, 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 no. Yeah, they're all a bunch of horny ladies. Jeremy Renner has already been kind of, uh, like, memories of his past are starting to break through somewhat. What he ends up doing is he uses his skills to go out and try to find Oscar Isaac to just... Because uh, I want to have them having kind of, like, already known each other in the program. So he wanted to go try to find him and be like, well, what what, what the fuck do, am I supposed to do? I'm kind of, like, going a little nuts. And I think that will be the reason why Edward Norton is like, okay, let's just like liquidate this program. One of our doctors started a relationship with a test subject. We just lost another test subject. We're on a collision course with wackiness. All we need is a third thing, and we can call it a hat trick. (laughs) So I I do want him to be kind of, you know, after them for that reason. Oscar Isaac would survive the assault on the cabin, but I think what that will do is that, like, destroys whatever supply of chems he had. I want to have Jeremy Renner's thing be that he's already locked in both. So he's finding himself okay, but Oscar Isaac is the one that's sort of playing this, like, breakdown of, like, mental and physical abilities. When Edward Norton's people are, like, like, closing in on them at a certain point, Oscar Isaac's character kind of snaps, but in a moment of lucidity, sort of, like, sacrifices himself in some way to, like, take out the the assassins and let uh, Jeremy Renner and Rachel Weiss escape into the night. Hmm. I got I got I will try to keep this brief. So this is what I've got here. 
as much as I do think that the Flowers for Algernon situation is the one thing that kind of makes this movie a little bit interesting and kind of pop in a way that it probably wouldn't otherwise, I don't want it in my movie. I'm not going to have it in there. I'm also not going to have anything about there being larks or chems or pills that make you smart and strong because I really truly feel like, again, as someone who doesn't really care about Bourne or has not watched these movies in a long time, that feels like a bridge too far for me. Mm. So what I'm going to have it do instead is I think this could still happen concurrently with the third movie. And again, as someone who has not seen that movie, I'm basing it off of what I'm extrapolating from here and from Wikipedia. So what I think it should start with is that Jeremy Renner's character is another Treadstone agent called into action to take out Jason Bourne when he is wherever he is at the end of the second movie. And as he's about to like try and assassinate him from a distance, he goes to fire at him. He misses. Maybe like, you know, this is also a way that you don't have to keep Matt Damon in the movie. So you don't have to actually show him. You can just have it be like some guy in the distance. The back of the head. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, something happens that allows Aaron Cross to have a similar sort of brain damage as um, Matt Damon did, Jason Bourne did in the first movie, except he doesn't forget who he is. He just sort of overrides his programming and mm. he wakes up and is sort of like, oh, oh my God, like what the, this is not who I am. This is not who I wanted to be. Like I'm a better person than this. And so what he then sets out to do is he makes it his personal goal to deactivate all the other Treadstone agents. And his entire thing is I'm going to go oh, around to try and find them all and deactivate them all so that they can go back to their normal lives we can reveal that this is like this horrible government plot that's been going on. So Oscar Isaac is an agent that he encounters who he's vaguely familiar with in wherever it is that he's going to be in this movie. And the entire movie will be them dealing with the repercussions from Treadstone slash Blackbriar. I still think Rachel Weiss is going to be there in some capacity. I haven't quite worked it out how yet. But basically what I just wanted it to be is sort of a movie about the three of these people sans any kind of chems or magic larksing. I think it works better as a background story as well. While Jason Bourne is still kind of on the run and they're exposing this program, these people are going about it in a different way and their idea is to like just get everyone out of this program as quick as possible before they start getting killed off. That's it. There you go. Listen, I thought this movie was wacky as hell. I just, sure, if you want to go wacky, let's go wacky. That's why I like it. Yeah, honestly, again, like that's the thing. If this movie had been a little bit more nuts, I probably would have liked it more. Like if you can't make a good sequel, make a crazy sequel. But instead, the gritty grounded choices they make make the wacky choices seem weird. Yeah. Mm. And again, pacing's all over the place. You don't get enough time for characters. It's a mess. Guys, would you recommend this movie? No. Flat out no. I'm not going to say no. Yeah. I'm going to say yes, because I have. I yep. have. You have. <laughs> you that's, have why, you <laughs> that's why we're doing it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm glad I saw it. I enjoyed talking about it with you all. <laughs> that part was fun. But yeah, no. I, yeah. Wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest It has a lot one. of buttons for me, personally. That makes yeah. sense. It does. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes that sense. Error. That makes sense. <laughs> hey, one more question, Miss Diagy. Um, guys, come back at us in two weeks. Yep, we're gonna have a mini episode. Mini episode. We'll talk about what movie we're doing next time. Yep, Facebook.com slash Why Watch Podcast. Dropback.com is the website. Apple Podcasts. All that crap. <gasps> Bye. Bye.